Hey friends, welcome to the Victor Marks Podcast with Victor Marks, founder of All Things Possible Ministries. Welcome to the show where we bring you real conversations faced with life's hard truths, stories of redemption, and the latest from the front lines. Whether you're on the road, getting your day started, or finally settling in, we've got an exciting new episode planned for you. So let's dive in to today's show. Hey there, I'm Victor Marks, your host for this new radio show. Thanks for joining us today. Now, on yesterday's program, we brought you part one of a message that I preached from the stage a few weeks back at the Cross Brand Cowboy Church in Tyler, Texas. If you didn't get a chance to listen, come on, you got to go back and hear the first part. We had a blast. So you can find it at victormarks.com slash show. Then you can listen to the first part of the message as well as any other past shows we've done and really get caught up to speed. Once again, that's victormarks.com slash show. All right, let's get to part two of my message on this edition of the Victor Marks Show. I'll give you an example. Here in Texas, my wife and I, there were years we reached every kid who's been incarcerated in the state of Texas. Went to all the juvenile facilities. We've handwritten thousands of kids who wrote us. There was one facility we went to, all-girls facility. I'll never forget going in there, a group of teenage girls, and I'm going to lead them in a little Bible study. And they were hard. These were like really tough girls. They were like, hmm. And uh, I'm used to tough. My first experience going into a juvenile facility, I was nervous, and somebody invited me. This was in Colorado. I walked in there. There were 75 kids sitting on a concrete floor looking at me like this. What are you going to talk about, white Wonder Bread? <laughs> that, that was just the girls. And I was like, oh, tough crowd. I was so nervous. The guy told me, well, do your martial arts thing because I have a martial arts background. We taught martial arts for years. So I had a guy hold two pencils in his hand and one in his mouth. I took out the nunchucks and I swung and knocked out the first one. Boom, knock out the second one. I went to knock out the third one. It didn't turn out the way I wanted it. I overshot it, hit him on his chin, and split him open. And I was I instantly blamed God because that's what you do, right? When you you wanted me to come here, now look what you've done. God. And this guy was bleeding, and he's like, ah. And then I still swung it again and knocked it out the second time. I'd never hit anybody accidentally like that. So I was like, oh, my gosh. And yet, when I thought I had blew it, those 75 kids sitting there all hard, then they went from this to this. <laughs> They're like, this dude is crazy. This, this preacher, man, he's, he's making them bleed. And all of a sudden, I got real bold. I was like, that's right. We're going to talk about the law today. <laughs> watch out, watch out, watch out. <laughs> and, you know, end up getting to pray for those kids. When I asked them, how many of you want to surrender your life to Christ and follow the Lord? 53 out of the 75 raised their hand and then stood. I was like, do they think they get out today? I was like, no, y'all don't get out. I don't know what y'all what angle y'all working on? We're talking about following Christ, being a disciple, being forgiven. Had him sit down, 53 sit up again. I was like, oh my goodness. And then the wildest thing happened. And you know, people always wonder, well, how do you know the Lord's telling you to do something? 
How do you, well, one, the Holy Spirit can speak it right to you. Two, the Word of God will confirm it and direct you. Three, other people may speak to confirm it. But when God's really showing you something, you'll know. Attune your ear to him. Don't make excuses. And I remember after that day going, oh, my gosh, I knew the Lord was calling us to start reaching those that very few want to reach. You know why? Back up three months earlier, my bride and I, who's sitting right over there, love you, honey, we're out on a date. Now, this is many years ago. We were pregnant for our fourth one, our fourth baby. She was all, I mean, she was really pregnant. And we were leaving the mall. A carload of kids pull up next to us, thumping music, and they're—you can tell they're gangbangers. And I was like, "Oh my!" As the kind where you're like, "Just look forward, just look forward." And I felt like I heard the Holy Spirit say, "Talk to them, tell them, tell them about me." I was like, "I rebuke that voice right now." That's, uh. Uh-uh. And I was like, no. I was like, ugh. My wife can tell when I'm struggling with the Lord. She doesn't struggle. She just does it. She's like just brazen. Boom. It's God Almighty talking to you. Suck it up, buttercup. Do the deal. I was like, ugh. All right. So she rolls down the window, and then she, mmm. She kind of just, like, fine. So I bumped the horn. The kid looked at me and said, hey, man, pull over. I want to talk to you all. He goes, Ain't pulling over. He turned his music up. I was like, Lord, your servant was willing. Bless me now. <laughs> Don't justify those. I was like, shortcuts. And I felt like the Lord said, you do it, because I have the gift of antagonism. So I bombed the horn again. He looks up. He goes, what? I said, pull over. I want to talk to you. He goes, man, we ain't pulling over. I said, you afraid of an old man? <laughs> Me and my little mini band got out. They popped out as four of them. They start walking toward me. I'm walking toward them. I'm like, now what, Lord? Now what? What, what do I say? And all I could come up with was stop. Stop. They stopped. I said, I saw you having a knife in the back seat. A guy had a big butterfly knife, a balisong knife. That's all I could come up with. Observational awareness, right? Like, stop. He goes, what? You, you a cop? I was like. No, not a cop. I said, but I'm a master of martial arts. I've trained over 30 world champions. I've worked with special operations teams. I've trained warriors to go into places and put bad people away. And I want to show you how to open and close the knife the right way. For whatever the reason, it convinced him. He went back, goes in the back seat, reaches, pulls it out, brings it to me, and then I do a quick demonstration. Susie handed it to me. I started twirling, spinning, open, closing up, closing and then I stabbed him in his neck. I was like, now... Now who's, no, you don't do that. Let me, let me pull it out. You can't stab people when you're trying to witness to the Lord. It's, it hurts the witnessing process most of the time. So now this guy, they were impressed with what I did. And I said, let me tell you why I really pulled you over. To share the true master that I serve, Jesus Christ. And you know, by the time we were finished, three of the four kids let me pray for them. And when it was just going so great, a kid walked up off the street, friends of theirs, he had big wavy hair, and he starts cussing me, and, and then he charges me, he wants to fight. And they actually grab him, pull him back, and they're saying, hey man, he's cool. I'm like, listen to them. And he kept saying, 
Don't you talk about God. Don't you talk about the, if God was a, the stuff that happened to me, he wouldn't have. And I, and I realized he was, he was angry out of pain. I said, young man, I understand more than you think. But let me tell you, the way you feel doesn't change the truth of God's word. He loves you. And he can change you. I ended up getting in the car and leaving. And Eileen was like, what was that? I was like, I don't know. You weren't praying enough. So, <laughs> eating her popcorn. Let's see what happens. Now, my wife prays. She is an intercessor. Or I wouldn't be here today. Trust you me. Well, fast forward three months. I'm in that youth prison, 75 kids, 53 Except Christ, one of them on the back row who would raise his hand and stood, guess what? It was the kid with the big hair. He had got arrested and he was incarcerated and he raised his hand and we were handing out our Bibles. I was like, man. And I saw him and I said, hey, you remember me? And he was looking down and he goes, yeah, I remember you. I said, look at you, you're in jail now. No, I didn't, I didn't say that. that. That's not good witnessing. That's... That's horrible. <laughs> and I said, uh, I got to ask you, man, why today? Why did you give your life to the Lord today? And he just goes, you said Jesus Christ wanted to live his life through us. And he goes, I'm tired of living my life for myself. I want him to live it through me. I thought, wow, there are some churches where Christians need to hear this. Now, that's what I knew the Lord was saying. You need to do the work I'm calling you to. It's new, it's different, and you need to embrace it and go full throttle. That's when I stepped off of staff from Focus on the Family with Dr. James Dobson. I was actually an assistant to Doc. And then we just poked a hole in the boat and said, Lord, we're going to follow you. Now, go back to that girl's prison. Those girls there, I'm teaching a little Bible study. One of the girls, this is proof that there's a huge spiritual war and that you need to be aware of it. One of those girls starts growling while I'm teaching. I'm like, that's more than a bad breakfast. And then she starts swinging. And then she starts yelling out in this man's voice, this dark, evil voice. And then she starts clawing herself. I back up. All the girls back up. And then the guards are backing up, and I'm backing up more. I'm like, how far we got to go back? Y'all look like y'all been here. And the guard goes, do something. I'm like, you do something. You do, this is your job. He, he, he literally goes, no, no, that's the evil. The stuff comes on her. You're a preacher. I'm like, I'm not even a good one. I don't, don't be labeling me. <laughs> And everybody's looking at me. I'm like, <laughs> I said, uh, all right, so I got to buck up. Here we go. I said, uh, hey, I'm like, okay, hey, well, go put her in her cell. Let's, and when I said cell, I meant put her in there and shut the door. They did. They just put her in there. And I walk up, the door's not shut. I'm like, ooh, can I shut it? She's like, I'm like, oh my gosh. And I said, Lord, Lord, I don't know what to do. Okay, I, whoop, it's go time. It's like a person who acts like they know how to fight until it's time to fight. Poof, you get hit, and it's like, hey, I don't think I want to fight. Well, you talk a lot. 
That's how Christians are in spiritual stuff. I know a lot. Hey, get, confront a demon. You just find out where you are. And this girl had a demon. And I was like, Lord, Lord, what do I do? And I started thinking about Jesus and his encounters with the demons and the guy of the garden. You know, the, I thought, okay, we need pork. We need some pigs. We, y'all got pigs up here on this? No pigs? I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know where to put a demon. Y'all got any bacon? You got turkey sausage. I'll take anything right about now. I'm like, what is wrong with you? I don't know what I'm doing. That's what's wrong. So I, next thing I thought, okay, I have to use authority. And I asked the demon's name. I said, demon? And it looked up at me and snarled. I said, what is your name? And then he goes, I am Satan. I get scared like in the wrong times. And when it's really bad, the Holy Spirit puts funny thoughts in my mind. I don't know if it's because I got a strong back and a weak mind and it's easier. But it's like, when he said Satan, you know what came to my mind? You're not the real Satan. You're probably some little, little S, not no capital S. You're trying to use your boss's name. You're probably some demon of insecurity. If you pull back the veil, it's a little bitty demon with a microphone. I am Satan. No, you're not. I said, knock it off. I said, I don't care. And the demon said some other things about me that no one would know. I was like, okay, I'm impressed. So I want to talk to the girl. That's how you have to do with demons. Zero fear. Zero fear. The Bible says perfect love cast out fear. And I love this girl. Didn't even know her, but I felt God's love for her. I'm like, demon, be quiet. I want to talk to the girl. And then the little girl came back. She's 15 years old. She goes, hi. I go, hi. Are you aware that, you know, she's like, yes. I said, you are? Oh, okay. She goes, yeah. He comes and goes. I'm like, oh, all right. Well, what are we going to do? I said, let me just talk to you. And then I talked to her about her past. She said, my dad, my dad was a Satanist. And he dedicated me to Satan. And he taught me about demons. So I accept them. They give me power. They make me feel like I have a friend. And it scares everybody. I said, you do know that demon wants to kill you. Because that's the work of the enemy, to still kill and destroy. And I said, do you want to get rid of him? She goes, no. I said, Oof. I said, okay. I said, well, I'm going to come back tomorrow, but do you mind if I have people pray for you? And she said, no, fine. I went, I started texting, emailing. We were young in the ministry, and I was just like, hey, pray. There's a girl, and there's no pigs, and we need... It's all kind of, you know, and people started praying. I came in that next day. The guards go, she's waiting for you. I said, oh, is it she or he? I just need a heads up, know what I'm getting into. They're like, no, no, it's her. I said, okay. I went back there, and there she was, and her name is Christy. I said, Christy, she goes, I 
have not slept that good in years. I slept so peaceful. I said, people were praying for you because prayer works. Then guess what? I just said, is today the day you want to be free from darkness? Listen to what she said. She looked directly in my eyes and said, if I surrender my life to the light, are you Christians going to forget about me? Because he won't. And he'll come back for me. It caught me so off guard, I had to just think for a moment. I said, this is what I can promise you. I will never forget you. And I will tell people about you, Christy. She said, okay. So we prayed, and I, I remember sitting down. She's at the door. She grabs my fingers, her little hands. She was in an orange jumpsuit, and I started praying, Lord, in the name of Jesus, we pray against all demonic forces that you would free this girl from any demonic activity in life. And right about there, her body arched up, and she started squeezing my hands so hard, I actually started praying faster. And Lord, we just thank you for this day and the food. Bless it in Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> I was like, that was a lot of demon strength right there. Her tears started hitting her little orange jumpsuit, and she was free. She was free. She never went back to jail after she got out. And there's some radical things that happen. But now that 15-year-old is in her 30s. You guys, what an awesome, incredible opportunity we each have to run in the lane that God has called us to run. The biggest thing that will keep you back, in my opinion, is unforgiveness. Unforgiveness has plagued the church, which will make you... <laughs> You can't be a conduit for God's love because your heart is hard. You got to forgive. It's the last story, and I know I'm going long, but this is it. My life as a kid, and the reason why I do what I do is I was abused as a kid. I was sexually abused. I was physically and emotionally abused. My mom married six times. My biological dad he didn't claim me as his kid when my mom was pregnant. He ended up being a drug dealer and a pimp and a practicing warlock. I went to 14 schools, 17 houses. I did drugs starting in the sixth grade and I had a lot of emotional problems because of what I went through. I ended up having to go to a trauma specialist 123 times in nine months. I've been on Depakote, Depakin, Prozac, Loth, all these drugs, Xanax. They said I was bipolar too, an ultra-rapid cycler. The psychiatrist looked at me and said, you will never be normal. You'll never fully function. And I remember thinking, well, I never function fully anyway, so keep paying your student loan, doc. <laughs> the greatest thing that's helped me besides coming to know Jesus Christ is being set free from all demonic activity in my life through stronghold, praying against. We see people get set free and their lives change. But it starts with forgiveness. You've got to clear your heart out first so the enemy can't get a foothold. Anger turns into bitterness. Bitterness 
will ruin you. The man that abused me was my stepfather. And ultimately, I was abused and left for dead in a commercial cooler. You can read the book. You can watch the film. It's in 15 languages on, on YouTube, on our website. The thing that God asked me to do that set me free was to forgive my stepfather. So I found him. And when I found him, I was the one who actually brought him to the hospital when he was dying. And he was a mean, mean dude. You know what? I was there and I said, hey, you're going to die and you're going to go to hell. According to God's word, you have rejected Jesus Christ in a way where he has died on the cross for you, but you, you've rejected him. I said, do you mind if I read the Bible to you? He said, go ahead, do it if you want. And I would read scripture to him every day about the cross and death and eternity. And the last time I'd see him, the night before, about 4 a.m., me and my wife got out of bed and we started praying for him to the point of weeping that God would save his soul because I didn't even want him to go to hell. I recognized it was something more sinister. And he wasn't my real enemy. It was the demonic. I went into the hospital the next morning. He had a new nurse, and he said, hey, nurse, this is my son. I was shocked. He goes, he became kind of like a preacher. I was like, that's true, kind of. I'm not really good at it, but I'm working on it. And he said, uh, he's been worried about my eternity, but he doesn't have to worry anymore. I gave my life to the Lord last night. I, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. But then I realized in that moment, this is exactly why God brought me here. You know, forgiveness is giving up your right to hurt someone back for hurting you. It's not a sign of weakness. It is a sign of courage, and you're trusting in the Lord. doesn't mean you trust them. doesn't mean you're necessarily reconciled to somebody, but you need to let go of that. And then I said, Lord, I'm done. What do you want me to say to him? And I knew the Holy Spirit told me, just tell him you love him. And I said, Dad, I love you. And he looked up at me, and he said, boy, I love you too. If you have any bitterness to your heart or unforgiveness, you ought to release it today. Trust God. If justice needs to happen, I'm all for justice on this earth. Ask ISIS. Ask pedophiles that we've captured. That our ministry has stepped in a way to assist law enforcement and specialized teams around the world to find very bad monsters to protect children. But I'm telling you, more than anything, you need the forgiveness of God if you've never received him as your Savior. And you need to follow him like a disciple. That's your surety of salvation. Anything less is not a fulfillment of life. It's a form of religion that won't really serve you well. Does that make sense? We need you in the battle, all of you, fully committed to the Lord so he can do great things in and through you, starting in your own home because that's where the battle often starts, amen? Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, so much for today. And God, it's a moment of salvation. Lord, I know you're here, and I know your Holy Spirit is hovering over people, convicting them of sin, of falling short, Lord, of unforgiveness. 
and even those watching. And I pray if you're watching, listening, or here right now, if God is speaking to your heart, the best thing you can do is respond in trust and obedience and say, Lord, forgive me and surrender your life to him. Trust him. You don't have to come to him perfect. He did that on the cross. You just have to come to him honest and just say, Lord, forgive me. I, I, I'll follow you. If that's you and you want me to pray for you, I'll do it right now. I'm not going to embarrass you, but I want to know who you are. If you'd say, Victor, please pray for me. Lift your hand up real high so I can see who you are. Praise the Lord. This is good stuff. God bless you in the back. If you're here today and you say, Victor, I, I need to forgive some people. I need to give up my right to hurt people for hurting me back. Hey, it's just an act of your will. God, I give you the grace to do it. And it certainly doesn't mean they deserve it, but neither do we. We don't deserve forgiveness from God, but he gave it to us. If that's you, I'll pray for you. Lift your hand up real high. Yeah, God bless y'all. All right, Lord, thank you. Thank you for what you've done here today. Thank you for those that are watching and listening, that are responding to you, God. And I pray in the name of Jesus, you would make these people born again. You would cleanse them from all their sin. Lord, that you would give them a new heart. You would put your spirit in them and do in and through them what they can't do for themselves. Lord, thank you for the cross that it's enough for all of us. All of our sin, anything we could possibly do, Lord. And God, thank you as those who surrender to you to say, I want to forgive. I want to give up my right to hurt people for hurting me back. Give them the grace they need to walk in that truth and that I can forgive In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. We'd love to stay connected with you and invite you to the conversation beyond this podcast. You can check out more of the work we're doing around the world at victormarks.com, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all linked in the show notes. Be sure to drop us a comment in the review section if today's show has impacted you in any way or if there's anything you'd like to hear more of. We're always encouraged to hear from you. Thanks for spending your time with us. Until next time.